What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, May 29th, 2015. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Had a lot going on last night, even though we had no playoff hockey, no playoff basketball. We did, however, have Eddie Rodriguez making his Major League debut. Getting the start for the Boston Red Sox. And absolutely dazzling in Texas. How about Eddie Rodriguez? I'll get to him. I'll get to the Red Sox. But more importantly, last night, um, we had another, we had a major event last night that I would like to open up with because that was the most entertaining thing uh, that I saw. Even though Eddie Rodriguez, I'm excited to see what he did for the Red Sox, and I, I do have a lot to say about that start. I have a lot to say about the Red Sox, but um, I, we can't ignore what is the elephant in the room as to what was the most entertaining thing on television last night, and that was the National Spelling Bee. National Spelling Bee. We got a problem, though. We got a problem. With this. this is a problem, right? Now, I know you think that I'm going to say the problem is we didn't have one single winner. We had a tie. We had two winners. We have co-champions of the Spelling Bee for the second straight year. For the second straight year, the National Spelling Bee ends in a tie. Here's the bigger problem, though, as to why we're ending in a tie. We're running out of words. We don't have any more fucking words. What are we going to do? How are we going to move on without words? <laughs> like what, how are we, but how are we going to get more words? Because last night, the final word was way too easy. You know what this ended with? This ended with, and I'll say it for you and see if you can spell it. Uh, none attack. None attack. Spell that for me. Pete, you already saw it. Can you spell it without looking at it again? No, but if I was to try. I'd oh, you pro- can't. You've no, already seen it. I've already seen it, so I know it. Oh, but so you do. I would, I would take it from the beginning and just sound it out and give it a shot. I like how. And they, I think I would get it right. I like. I uh, <laughs> I'd not, come pretty close. Non attack. If you said it to me like that, it doesn't. Well, put it this way. It's not I, very I, far off. I didn't. You were going through the top moments of the spelling bee before we started the show today on your computer and mixing some things in on your soundboard. And we're going to play a little sound from the national spelling bee in just a second, but. You played a word that I didn't know. I didn't. I've. I. I don't know that I've ever heard. And the reason you played this word is because they asked the kid asked to use it in a sentence. Sometimes that gets frustrating because they keep asking, and you're like, "All right, I. You know, I know that you know." Right? And then they get it right. It's like you didn't need to really hear it in a sentence, did you? Did you really need to hear that in a sentence? Um, but anyways, someone needed to hear Bacchius. Was it Bacchius? Oh, no. Am I, am I already got it I wrong? I have no idea what this word is. <laughs> but, no, wait. I know, I know which one you're is talking about. Is it Bacchius? Anyways, yeah. when I, I'm sitting over here, I heard you say it. And I actually Googled it because I needed to know what it meant. Um, because I heard it used in a sentence and I still didn't know what it meant. I ended up spelling it right in Google. So maybe it's true. You know, you see some kids do the fake typing, like they're faking. You see others fake write it in their hand. I think I would probably fake type. 
I think that would be my go-to, the fake type to do it in my head, to spell it out in my head. Some kids write the letters in their hands, and they look like, they look like psychopaths when they do it. But it works out for him. Yudzibakius. I think I might even be pronouncing this fucking word wrong. But at the time when I heard it, I Googled it right away. And I needed to know what it was. I spelt it right on Google. Let's hear it used in a sentence, though. Let, let's hear the audio from this one. Because this sentence is great. Check it out. Bacchaeus, Bacchaeus. Bacchaeus, Bacchaeus. Um, can you use it in a sentence? Rumor has it that Drake's next mixtape contains a rap in which every verse begins and ends with a bacchaeus. I was putting the uh, emphasis on the wrong syllable. Okay. uh, Bacchaeus? I was saying what? Bacchaeus? I was saying it completely wrong. Anyways, anyways, when I heard you playing that, I googled it. I spelled it right. B-A-C-C-H-I-U-S. Um, and... Drake, can you hear, can we play that again? What is it, Drake? You, I need to hear the sentence again to try to put it in with this definition. Go ahead. Bacchaeus, Bacchaeus. Bacchaeus, Bacchaeus. Um, can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> Rumor has it that Drake's next mixtape contains a rap in which every verse begins and ends with a Bacchaeus. How does the guy say that in a, with a straight face? How is he not just cracking up? Why does he pick Drake? Like what? Oh, I don't. Who picks the sentences? Maybe it, I don't yeah. know. Maybe he's just reading them off. He is he the one that came up with that sentence? Or maybe he's got a little soft spot for Drake. I don't know. The big Drake. Well, man. you're wondering what the hell's Drake using at the beginning of his next album? All I could find was Bacchaeus. Bacchaeus. Bacchaeus is a rare metrical foot used in formal poetry. So Drake's rapping and he's using rare metrical foots. Feats. <laughs> <laughs> the spelling bee's got me all fucked up. I thought I knew I thought I knew what was going on in the vocab world every year, I think I know, until I watch the spelling bee. I was always pretty good at vocab, you know that? I hated the books. They give you the little vocab books and you keep moving to each chapter, the words get tougher and tougher. Uh but I always even though I didn't like it, I was always pretty good. And then you get a quiz. Because it really was if you think about it, vocab's like the easiest quiz. I guess everyone has a personal preference, but it's, it's, all it is is memory, you know, it's memory. If, if you actually take the time to study words and get the flashcards going, you're going to be pretty good at vocab. Now, I'll, I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea how these kids know any of these words. So, I mean, do you just, you just study the dictionary, right? Like, I, I wish they would do some type of, and maybe they've done it and I've missed it. Because, it, you know, the, the spelling bee isn't really on the top of my list, priority list, or interest list, until really when it's on. Like, you know, last night. And that was it. That's when I watched it. That was it. I'll forget about it in two days, and I won't care about it again until next year when they do give us the national spelling bee again. But, you know, you hear the kids talking after about how long, you know, they prepare for this. I think the one kid said he prepared, you know, six years of hard work. What does that entail? Are, are you for six? Are you waking up every day? You doing nine to five, just studying the shit out of a dictionary, or what, like what's going on there? I I don't. I, this is some of the words that they throw out, and you know they ask, "Can I use it? Can you use it in a sentence? Or can you get? Uh, can I get uh, an origin language of of this word? Right, the language of origin. I, I, can you give me that?" All of a sudden, you know, the light goes off in the head when they hear the language of origin. I'm like, wait, so now you also know different languages, too? 
Um, but some, as we got to the end, became a little too easy for some of these kids. And that's when you you figure, well, yeah, they're right. They are starting to run out of words. Because the last word was <laughs> nanatuck. Nanatuck? I don't know how to pronounce them until I hear them, to be honest. But um, I, w- I wouldn't have got it wrong. I would have put a C. I would have put a C in this word. Uh, but but here is here's the final word. Here's how it all went down. Uh, the intro into the final word and then crowned co-champions. But here's the final word. If you spell this word correctly, the Scripps National Spelling Bee will declare you and Vanya co-champions. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause that. Pause that. I love how he, he sets the scene. He just he creates so much drama. First, he gives us the Drake sentence without cracking a smile. Uh, then he gives us the pause. Don't you love the pause? How long do you think that guy was thinking of that pause for? He was like, well, if we get another tie this year, guys, I got something for you. Wait for this. And then he, he got a tie come and he looks around. He's got nodding. And they're all going, ooh, what's he got? What's he going to give us? And then he gives us the pause. Let's hear it. He will declare you and Vanya... There it is, the pause. <laughs> if, however, you are incorrect, Vanya will have the opportunity to spell, and if correct, would be the sole champion of the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Ready? <laughs> Ready. None attack. None attack. <clears throat> None attack. N U N A T A K. None attack. Correct. <laughs> Like, they look in the kid's face, too. He's like, are you shitting me, buddy? Non-attack? N-U-N-A-T-A-K. Non-attack. He didn't even use a keyboard or his finger. No, he, because it was a, a, clearly an easy word for him. Now, again, I would have thrown a C in there. I would have said N-U-N-A-T-A-C-K. That would not have been right. Uh, it was way too easy. So, you know, you watch this, and uh, you learn some things about different words. I hear this word, and... Well, I, I needed to know. I needed to know what it meant. So I went digging. I Googled none attack. Okay. Here's, here's what it meant. Okay. Uh, can I get a definition, please? An exposed, often rocky element of a ridge, mountain, or peak that's not covered with ice or snow within an ice field or glacier. Uh, can I get none attack a synonym for none attack? They are also known as glacial islands. Um, can I get the language of origin? Nunatak is a Greenlandic origin. That's what, it, that's what it says. Greenlandic origin. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Greenlandic origin, but has been used in English since the 1870s. Nunatak. N-U-N-A-T-A-K. Non-attack. So, there you go. Um, there's the spelling bee for you. Uh, I, again, how do we get some words? We need more words. Like, what do, we do, what do they do for that? I just don't understand why they pass on the ones that the kids get wrong. Like, why do they tell them what the correct spelling is when they could just use that word down the line? You know why? Because there's, a, I think, you know, if I had to take a guess, I, I don't know why, but if I had to take a guess... It's because they put a time on it, and all, all of a sudden, you know, if there's a kid sitting there listening to that, 
I assume every kid's listening to every word doing this shit on their hands as they're sitting there. And uh, when they get up, if they would get the word again, technically the kid has more time to figure that one word out. And I think that's unfair. Everybody should get a brand new word, and they should get it first heard to them right there on the spot as the clock begins. So there you go. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, How about your boy, I, your boy Dev? He got hit with the hard one in the end. Um, the little guy. Yeah, he did. But I know you were rooting for him. Yeah, I was. I felt awful when he got the when he got his yeah, final word wrong. The bell. Yeah, he, he, he. I felt terrible for the kid because he wanted to win that so bad. He had all the enthusiasm in the world, and then you get this, and you get this kid who answers the question. And even the girl was the girl who was the co-champion. She was answering questions, and she started nodding like, "Yeah, I'm the best." Right? And the kid who gets the last one right. At least make us feel like that's a difficult word. But it's, a clear, it's clearly a sign that they're right. They were running out of words. They should, they, you know what they need to do? They should walk up and down East and West Broadway and Southie on like a Tuesday afternoon. They could, hear some other, they could hear some new words for these kids, right? Like irregardless. How many times have you heard someone say irregardless around here? It, in the dictionary, if you look up irregardless, it's listed as incorrect usage, and they recommend the word regardless. Irregardless, irregardless, irregardless. You gave these kids irregardless. They might not know how many R's to put in there. I'm being dead serious. Um, so we got to find some more words for the kids. I'll give them a word. Eddie. E-D-D-I-E. Eddie. As in origin, Eddie Rodriguez. For the Boston Red Sox, called up from AAA Pawtucket and was lights out last night, seven and two-thirds innings. Three hits for the 22-year-old lefty, three hits allowed, no runs allowed, walked two, struck out seven through 105 pitches. We didn't think they were going to send him out for that seventh, excuse me, that eighth inning, but they did. He gets two outs. Uh, then, you know, it was a short leash. At that point, you pull him. Look, I, I could have gone without seeing Tommy Lane last night. But it ended up working out for the Red Sox. Tommy Lane uh, came in, gave him an inning, let up two hits, but also struck out two, got out of it in 20 uh, pitches. And Koji comes in for one out, throws one pitch. And the Red Sox win it last night, 5-1. to one. Uh, they snap out of a losing skid. They were just swept by Minnesota. And Eddie Rodriguez comes up, and he is the hero. He got a little bit of offense on his side as Hanley Ramirez as the DH because David Ortiz is getting a couple days off, and I'll get to that situation in just a second. Hanley Ramirez hit fourth last night in Texas as the DH went two for four. And the RBI that he had was a solo home run in the sixth. It was he had doubled. Earlier in the game, but in the sixth inning, he takes a pitch, what, 90-mile-per-hour fastball from Martinez, and it's middle in, and he's going to crush that. Hanley Ramirez absolutely crushed it. His first home run in the month of May. Hanley now has 11 home runs. For the people that get all crazy about, oh, he had 10 home runs in April, and he only has one so far now in May, yeah, if you look at it that way, it's concerning. But let's say... That's, let's say that, okay, in two months, every two months, this guy's going to have 11, 12 home runs. You know, that plays out to be 
a little over 30 home runs in a major league season, in a full major league season. So if that's the way it's going to end, I think we can all agree that that would be a pretty good season for Hanley Ramirez. Now, let's obviously let it play out. And I get that the month of May has not looked good for this kid. Um, offensively, uh, even defensively, obviously. But he's the DH last night. David Ortiz gets a couple nights off. I'll get to that in a second. But right now, this deserves... Eddie Rodriguez deserves all the credit in the world for doing what he did. Fastball in the mid-90s. Um, you know, he's got that hard slider, that hard breaking ball, right? They were calling it They were calling it a curve early. And then I think, obviously, you see it. It's, I guess, a slider. It's almost like a cut fastball. It really is. It's almost like a cut fastball. And it's a nice pitch that he has. Works in the changeup. But ultimately, last night, what I was impressed with from Eddie Rodriguez, 22-year-old lefty who comes up from the minors, he was sent to the Red Sox in a trade last season for Andrew Millett, who went to Baltimore. Baltimore sends his prospect to the Red Sox. And, and yes, I told you at the time, I didn't want to trade Andrew Miller. Now, Andrew Miller is dominant this season, okay? So I'm, I'm hesitant to even go to this comparison because Andrew Miller is a proven major league pitcher and a damn good one, and he's going to be an all-star this year. And uh, he's one of the best relievers in the game. He has some of the best stuff in the game. You know, people say, well, if you went back, would you still, make, would you still not want to make the trade, Danny? Well, well, yeah, I still wouldn't want to make that trade. You know, knowing what Andrew Miller is and knowing what I knew then, it's easy to say, well, knowing what you know now, well, look, I never knew that the Red Sox were going to be in a position in May, in the month of May this season, where they were going to have, they were going to be begging, begging for somebody to give them seven and two-thirds innings of dominant pitching. I mean, I just didn't think they'd be in that situation. So, knowing now, obviously, that they'd be in that situation, and knowing now what I saw from Eddie Rodriguez last night, obviously you would make that move knowing that. But, the, the, look, I didn't know that. So, if you go back in time, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, now I, you know, I, I would have, I felt differently then. No, I, I, at, the, at that time, that's how I felt. Look, things happen. All, I, all you need to know is this. I am glad that Eddie Rodriguez is with this team, and I'm glad he got a shot. I told him he should have got a shot three weeks ago. He got called up, and he was awesome last night. But what was great about Eddie Rodriguez last night, which is something I hope the rest of the Red Sox rotation pays attention to, was the way Eddie Rodriguez elevated his pitches, the way he changed the eye level, okay? And it is something that I don't see anybody doing. Everybody on this Red Sox staff, they try to nibble within the strike zone. They're nibbling. They're trying to paint low and away. Uh, or they're, they're trying to, to paint the inside corner with a cutter or a two-seamer, get some movement to cut in or cut out. They're trying to, they're trying to be too fine, be too pretty. And, I th- and what I've been begging for them to do is how about, especially Joe Kelly, you throw mid to upper 90s. I, I get that you want to stay low in the strike zone. That's always a good thing if you can keep it low. But at times, you've got to keep the hitters off balance. And part of that is not just inside-outside keeping it low. It's up and down, up and down. Eddie Rodriguez last night, up and down, right? He, he, he Purpose pitches. 
raising the, get, you know, changing the eye level of the hitter, putting one upstairs at the nose, and it doesn't even need to be inside. You know, it can be, it can be up at the nose, up at the eyes, over the plate. That's it. But as long as it is upstairs, you change the eye level, you're keeping the hitter off balance. This Red Sox staff, they do not do that. I watched Joe Kelly pitch in Minnesota the other day. I don't know if he threw one pitch above the letters. That's a bad outing. That's a bad outing. And Minnesota made him pay for it. Eddie Rodriguez last night was awesome. And I think it, it, part of it wasn't just the fact that they've never, nobody's ever seen him before or the fact that he does have some pretty good stuff as this big lefty on the hill. He's a monster out there. And, and not even just the fact that he's poised, he's cool, calm, and collected, which he is. And, you know, as a rookie, major this major league start on the road against the Hutt Texas Rangers lineup for a Red Sox team that has had their issues, that is almost begging for a dominant start, or at least a decent start from this kid. There's a lot of pressure on him. He was cool, calm, collected. All of that combined, I thought the best thing from him last night is that he, you, he changed eye level. He went up and down. He was up and down, not in the strike zone, outside of the strike zone. And keeping hitters off balance with that. It, it just jumped off the screen to me. And now, if you're the Red Sox, <laughs> some people were tweeting last night that they're going to send this kid back to the minors. Uh, and <laughs> I was tweeting out, if they're going to fly this kid, you know, back to Pawtucket from Texas today, to send to the minors, you know, I'm, I, I'll be, if there's somebody laying down in front of that plane, it's going to be me. I mean, you do not, under any circumstances, send Eddie Rodriguez back down to the minors. If you do, you have completely fucked this thing up, okay? You're in a position as an organization where you're begging for somebody to give you uh any type of excitement on that mound and, and some dominant, just some, just a dominant look, a dominant feel. You know, something that the rest of this team can get behind and say, wow, when he's out there, when he's in the lineup, when he's on the mound, we know what we're getting. And that takes a whole lot of pressure off the rest of us. Off the team collectively, if we're slumping, off players individually, if they're slumping. It takes a whole lot of pressure off everybody in the lineup when you have someone on that mound that's going to dominate with the poise in which Eddie Rodriguez dominated last night against the Texas Rangers. It, it, it was great to see. And I know there have been so many people in this town that have tried to tell me that, well, if you trade for Cole Hamels, he's not going to save the day. Look, I, I get that Cole Hamels wouldn't come to the Red Sox and, you know, wouldn't make this team, you know, wouldn't take this team. You can, you can, one starter, my point is, one starter can only do so much with regards to the, the standings and wins, losses. I get that. One starter can only do so much. He only is in the lineup or on the field once every, every fifth night. Can only do so much. But, when you talk about the mentality of a ball club, especially in this town, that's struggling, that's trying to put it all together, hitting with pitching, that's trying to take some pressure off, that's trying to get some confidence, as I mentioned, individually, also collectively. 
Having somebody on that mound that you know is going to be dominant or that you know is not going to be yanked in the third inning is a great thing to have. It, it's a great thing for the mindset of the rest of the team and the players behind them and the guys in the lineup that night. It is. Think about how you feel about this Red Sox team today after watching what you watched last night. You're excited, right? And if we're excited, don't you think the players in that room are excited? And don't you think that they're now excited for Eddie Rodriguez to make his next start? Of course they are. Because every single player in that Red Sox clubhouse went home last night saying to themselves, this is the best pitcher that we have. We're excited about this. This kid, that was no fluke. This kid's good. They haven't been able to really say that about anybody. And believe me, Buckholtz, sure, he's been good lately. Wade Miley, sure, he's been good lately. But if you think there's anybody in that clubhouse that is thinking they can trust those guys to remain as good as they've looked all season long, then you're fooling yourself. There's nobody in there that thinks that. There's no way. There's no way. Why? Because they're realistic. They've seen the struggles that these guys have had. Okay? So, Eddie Rodriguez, great stuff last night. And if you think about now what this Red Sox team needs to do moving forward, look, you got, now you got a knuckleballer on the mound tonight. And, as you know, Stephen Wright had a nice out in his last start. But guess what? If, I don't think there's anybody that wants to now turn to a knuckleballer. I, I don't. I, I don't think there's anyone that now wants to turn to a knuckleballer. And it's not a knock on Stephen Wright and his individual talent. It's a knock on just knuckleballs in general. You know, I had some people tweet me, oh, what about, uh, you know, this guy, that guy. What about uh, Tim Wakefield? Or what about R.A. Dickey? R.A. Dickey won the Cy Young once. What's he done since? When The minute he won the Cy Young, I'm saying, you know, great move by the Mets for not bringing him back. You think the Mets miss R.A. Dickey? Look at their pitching staff. You think they miss a knuckleballer? You think they miss Ari Dickey? Please. Blue Jays can have him. You know, I, I, now we're in a situation where if you're the Red Sox, you've got to see what Eddie Rodriguez did. You've got to keep him in the rotation. And not only that, if you're Ben Sherrington, you've got to see what a start and what a starter like that can do for your ball club. And you now should know that that means, that doesn't mean keep Eddie in the rotation, and, you know, try to get Justin Masterson back on track. No, 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 no. No, no. You need to go out and bring someone else in, okay? You you need to go out and bring somebody else in, all right? Um, you need to make a trade. Now, you might need to give up a couple prospects that you don't want to give up. But I think you should be willing now to sacrifice a top prospect or a young player after what you saw out of Eddie Rodriguez last night because there's one young player you moved up um, and he succeeded. You're not trading him, obviously, but does that not make another young player that you had or another young pitcher maybe tradable for somebody that is a proven dominant starter? Yeah, make a package. Get creative. Do something. You're the general manager. That's your job. You know, don't sit there and say, well, all right, we added Eddie Rodriguez. This is a good thing. It's going to help us with what we currently have. 
No. You say, Eddie Rodriguez, dominant start. Look what that's done to this ball club. Look how good. I feel pretty good about this team right now. But here's why I feel good. Because we got a dominant start. Can you imagine if we brought in somebody, somebody else who we knew could be dominant? What, what we feel like then? What it would look like then? What the players would feel like then? Go do it. Make the move. Don't hesitate. Make it now. Will that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I wish it did. I hope it will. But I can't guarantee it. Because the rest of the guys in this rotation, I, you know, and I know some people say, well, pump the brakes. It's one start for the kid. I, but I don't think it's a fluke. I don't. I don't think it's a fluke with Eddie Rodriguez. And I think you can see that with his, just, his personality, his, um, you know, just, just, his mannerisms, his body language, this, that was a pressure-packed start for the kid last night. The Red Sox were in last place. And I'm sure he hears, uh, the, uh, sees the media attention, right? You know, you got other stuff going on here. David Ortiz is now in the spotlight. And, you know, the Ortiz thing, he's going to get a couple days off. And they say he's going to work on a swing. Here's the quote from John Farrell on David Ortiz, who was not in the lineup last night, and I don't assume he's going to be in the lineup tonight. They're saying he's getting a couple days off to regroup. Here's the quote from John Farrell on David Ortiz. John Farrell, manager John Farrell said, quote, we want him to have the opportunity to get some extra work done in the cage and try to get him going again before we get him back in the lineup. He's feeling under the weather as well. As you do with every player, you talk and kind of keep up to date and try to keep up with what's going on with each player individually. So there's John Farrell. Um, and, you know, he talks about mental health. Uh, look, I don't have a problem with this. And it's, it's funny. It's funny because the minute you hear this news, if you are listening to, you know, sports radio here in this town, right? You would think that, you know, they try to make it sound like David Ortiz and John Farrell uh, arguing or fighting or something happened in the clubhouse. It's always, the automatic response here in this town, which is just pathetic, is, oh, something's going on. Oh, oh, controversy. What's going on in the clubhouse? Oh, no. Uh, No, whatever happened to just, I don't know, a 39-year-old guy who's got a lot of miles on him, who might be a little under the weather, but also is struggling and could benefit from a couple days off. What's what's wrong with that theory? (laughs) Like, is that crazy to be true? People say, well, it can't be true. There's no way you would say... Wait a minute. We're not talking about a 26-year-old David Ortiz who's hitting 300, who's ripping, ripping the tits off the ball. We're not... We're not talking about that. We're talking about a David Ortiz who's hitting 216, who's struggling, who might be suffering from some flu-like symptoms. And people say, oh, you're missed time with the flu. Uh-uh. It's, it's a May 29th game in Texas. And I know you say, well, this team's struggling. They need him in the lineup. Do they need He's hitting 216. Do they need him in the lineup? No, go figure it out. I'm confident he'll figure it out. But if a couple days off are going to help him figure it out, then be my guest. Again, it's not a, 
It's not a 26-year-old. If this, this, here's where I would come up with a conspiracy or a theory in which there's some type of conflict or there's something going on here. If this was a 28-year-old David Ortiz who's hitting 285, and we're, we're in a playoff race in mid-September, and all of a sudden you say, eh, I know we got a big series coming up against a division rival, but we're going to give David Ortiz a couple days off to, to mentally regroup. That's where I would be critical of this move. But right now, I just think it's, you know, people, people trying, to get, trying to get other people fired up. I mean, let's, can, can we not use some common sense here that maybe, just maybe, the reasons they're giving us for David Ortiz are true? And that there's no fucking conspiracy theory here? Hamley Ramirez, the DH, got his back going as well. Why does everything have to be so... Why is there always something going on? Right? Why is there always something? Like, there's always some type of... There always needs to be something happening. Oh, the Red Sox are losing ball games. There must be something going on in the clubhouse. What? The fuck are you talking about? Like, is that the first thing you wake... Like, is everything... You wake up in the morning and... Uh, what? The trash, they didn't come get the trash yet. Uh-oh, must be a fight back at the truck on 4th Street. Like, what? there's always that mindset in this town. That something's happening. Like, some negative must have happened to, to force the outcome of this guy either getting a day off or this thing happening with this situation. Uh, it drives me crazy, right? And for, you know, for all we know, the truth is what they're telling us. David Ortiz, who is 39 years old, who's hitting 216, might not be feeling too well, also is struggling at the plate. Are we really going to throw him out there while he's sick and while he's struggling? And while we can see him needing some days off in a 162-game season here in the month of May? Where as bad as everything might have seemed so far in this last month, going into last night's game, the Red Sox were still only four games out of first place in the division. It's not like they were 10. So, you know, to me, we, people are overreacting on the David Ortiz thing. He's going to get a couple of days off. I assume he's back in the lineup at some point this weekend, this Saturday, tomorrow, or Sunday. Um, you know, and then. If he's not, then I think we start... See, my first reaction will be, you know, if the David Ortiz thing is prolonged and he's really not in the lineup for a week or something, then we get into, well, he must be injured. Not like, oh, he must be fighting with the manager or there must be a clubhouse issue. Like, come on, will you... What the fuck are you talking about? But last night, let's, let's look at the positives here. The Red Sox win 5-1 in Texas. They snap a losing skid in which they got swept in Minnesota. And they did it because they finally called up a young stud arm who I told you going into this thought, why can't he be dominant? I look around Major League Baseball and I see young kids in their early to mid-20s with fastballs in the mid-90s with good breaking stuff. And they go out and they dazzle. Why can't Eduardo Rodriguez do that? And he did. And he did. And the feeling that you have after this game should be if you're the general manager. Well, I need to find some more dominant starters. 
And if it means going outside the organization to bring another one in, well, then I will do that. That should be the mindset of the GM. Not, all right, good, we got Eddie Rodriguez. Now we'll try to get Masterson back in the rotation. Work him down in the minor leagues. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You should see and you should know how this feels and how good this feels and why it feels this good. And you should want more of it. You should want more of it. Go get more of it. Go get more of it. Don't give me less of it. Because you start focusing on Masterson, Stephen Wright, even maybe trying to figure out Joe Kelly, or if you're trying to ride Buckholtz and Wade Miley's positive starts, you're not giving me more of what you got last night. You're not. You want to tell me that, hey, maybe um, maybe we'll, maybe we'll give another young kid in the minors a start? You want to tell me maybe even you want to put Matt Bonds in the fucking rotation? I will tell you, go ahead. That would, that, you're, then maybe you're giving me more. But right now, uh, you should see what this start did for this team and how good I'm sure everybody in that clubhouse felt watching this kid perform last night. And it really does. It really does help. Does it save the day? Does one guy save the day? I wouldn't say that. I think that's a strong phrase, but it certainly it is the type of start that gets you back on track, and it's this type of that's the type of player that you need on a team that didn't have a dominant rotation. So, um, it helps everything. Take some pressure off the offense, and here we go. Red Sox back in the win column, and now if you look at the standings today, the Red Sox are not in last place. They're in second last place, and they are three games behind the Yankees. Three games behind the Yankees, who blew one last night. Um, lost 5-4 to four in Oakland against an Oakland A's team that's not very good. Oakland, it was only their 18th win. They're 18-32. and 32. They have 13 games out of first. And the West, I'd keep an eye on Oakland. They, you know, they got rid of some of their pitching staff that they had last year. They got them to the wild card game. You know, if Sonny Gray can be had, and if I'm Ben Sherrington, go get Sonny Gray. Go get him. I don't know that Oakland would be willing to give him up, but... If you can go out and bring someone like that in, go do it. And add more of what you got last night, which is dominant pitching. That's what I do from the Red Sox. So, uh, Oh, by the way, one more Red Sox thought. One more Red Sox thought. Carlos Peguero, they acquired him, outfielder. He's like a career 190 hitter in his five seasons in Major League Baseball. He is the funniest player on the team, and I don't mean his jokes, I mean his swing. He's a big lefty, he's a monster, he got some at-bats last night, and um, I think they might have brought this kid in just to lighten things up a bit by watching him hit. He's like Pedro Serrano from Major League, for only three hits from the left side, and he's terrible. His swings were nowhere near the baseball last night. This, This guy's hilarious, I'm telling you. He's funny to watch. Now, he won't be funny to watch if he's in the lineup in a close game. But last night, you know, Eddie was dominating, and you got some insurance runs, and Peguero was someone who got a couple, got to take a couple hacks. Um, he's, he's funny to watch at the plate. That, that's really all the analysis I'll give you about him. Hopefully, he's not in the lineup a lot. That's all I can say about that. There's my Red Sox thoughts of the day, of the weekend. They finish uh, the rest of the weekend in Texas. Stephen Wright on the mound tonight against Giovanni Gallardo. 
the righty for the Rangers. Then Wade Miley tomorrow night uh, going up against Chichi Gonzalez, the righty for the Rangers. And then on Sunday afternoon, Joe Kelly uh, wraps up that series and he goes up against Wandy Rodriguez, the lefty for Texas before the Red Sox return home on Monday to host the Minnesota Twins with Clay Buckholtz on the mound going up against Mike Pelfrey. Uh, so uh, that's the weekend in Red Sox baseball. This weekend, at least by Sunday morning, we will know what the Stanley Cup final will be. Game 7 tonight in New York City at MSG. The New York Rangers host the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to go with the Rangers in this one. I said yesterday I'll be rooting for the Rangers. Obviously, you know why. Not because I enjoy New York Ranger hockey. A Bruins fan, obviously. But Keith Yandel, Kevin Hayes, friends of ours, you know, we're rooting for them. Uh, we hope they win the cup. Not only that, but hey, you know, bring the cup here. I'd like to hoist that thing. So uh, I'm rooting for the New York Rangers in this one. I do think they win at home as well. Lundquist with a big game. And then you got the game seven, Blackhawks versus Ducks uh, the next day, the next night. And look, I wouldn't bet on this one because there's no way I'd put my money against Kane and Taves in a big game like this uh, because we know what they've done in the past. But at the same time, I look at this Anaheim Ducks team and I just think they're too good. At times, they're men playing against boys. I got to go with the Ducks. I think the Ducks will win. I'm staying away, though, with regards to betting. I, I, I wouldn't bet against the Blackhawks, but if you put a gun to my head and made me pick no money on the line, I'd say, oh, I think the Ducks will win it. And, and I think you'll see Ducks-Rangers. But um, I'll actually be rooting for Ducks. Uh, excuse me. I'll be rooting for Rangers-Blackhawks, not Ducks. Ducks will win. I'll be rooting for Blackhawks-Rangers, right? Original six. I think that that... Look, not to say that Rangers Ducks wouldn't be a good series. I don't think you want. I don't think the league wants Lightning Ducks. I don't think that's what they want. I don't think that's what you'll see though. So uh, we'll we'll preview the Stanley Cup final. The Stanley Cup final it'll probably begin before the NBA Finals begins. We know the NBA Finals matchup, but because the NBA Finals already has their schedule set, we know that the NBA Finals don't begin until next Thursday. Now. You think about this matchup, Golden State, Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm jacked up for this one. I'm excited for the NBA Finals because you got LeBron versus the MVP and Steph Curry. Uh, we'll see what Klay Thompson's status is and the Splash Brothers. Golden State's the better team, the better roster, but I can't bet against LeBron James. This is a crazy... And I know maybe people kind of overlook this. I don't just, you know, I, it's a fact. People overlook this. LeBron James, this is his fifth straight NBA Finals appearance. Five straight appearances in the NBA Finals. So, it's no coincidence that LeBron, it's not like, oh, LeBron's just happens to be on good teams that have gone to the Finals the last five years. No, 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 no. I think he's proven it by now. They go into the Finals because of LeBron. Think about every sport, right? Stanley Cup, you know, team going to the finals every year? No, you've seen teams sort of win it a couple times, like two out of three, right? Um, what, Blackhawks, Kings, uh, you, see the, you see teams that are involved, you see the Bruins in the finals, uh, not back-to-back years, uh, but once every couple of years. 
but that's a that's an accomplishment. You say, wow, they got to the finals two out of three years or two out, out of four years. That's an accomplishment. Imagine those sports getting there five. You know, yeah, I guess you got the, the San Francisco Giants in Major League Baseball, a team that's like that. But they still don't get to the World Series every year. Um, NFL. The Patriots are in the AFC Championship at Conference Finals, it seems, every year. But they're not getting to the Super Bowl every year. You know, the NBA Finals, Cleveland, LeBron James, one player, not even a team, one player, and he's clearly leading the teams there. LeBron James is getting to the NBA Finals five years in a row. And I got news for you. It's going to be six. He's going to get there next year. It's going to be seven. Right? Um. So when LeBron stood up there in Miami and he said, I don't want one. What? I don't want two. What? I don't want three. What do you say, LeBron? Tell us how many you want. I don't want four. Oh, LeBron. How many do you want, LeBron? I don't even want five. Ah! I want six. I don't want six. I want seven. I want eight. LeBron, you're driving me crazy. I don't have that many fingers. I want nine. He's, he wasn't making that up. And he wasn't being unrealistic. He's getting to the finals every single year. And I got news for you. He's going to go next year. He's going to make it six straight. He's going to go the year after that. He's going to go the year after that. LeBron, I know we hate him. But can you try to at least sit down for a second and understand what this guy's doing? Understand what he's doing. Um, and, and understand that it's not going to just end this year. It's not. He's going to keep going back. So, you know, uh, the, the LeBron James era in the NBA is pretty exciting. You can talk about parity. This you can't talk about parity in the NBA this year, right? Or, or saying there's no parity. This year there were so many teams that had a shot. This year there were teams that had a shot. Uh, and it, you know, Golden State is going to give Cleveland a run for their money, but Cleveland's not losing the series. LeBron James is not losing this series. I've never seen a player take be able to take. And every time I think. He's taken over a game to the point where uh, he can never do better than that or never do more to take over a game than he already has. He always goes out and does more to take over a game, more than he previously had. I've never seen anything like it. You might hate him, but the bottom line is this. When, he, when it's all is said and done, he's going to be the best to ever play the game. And right now he's showing you something pretty special. And it's it's not... It's not just going to end after this season, okay? And, you know, he's doing this without Love. It, you know, if you're Cleveland and Love's like, because now it's, these reports are Kevin, the Kevin Love reports are hilarious. And it's another, it is another reason. The fact that you're hearing this report right now, who do you think's leaking this shit? I tell you what, it's not the Celtics. It's not the Lakers. Um, it's not any other team that this guy might be looking at. It's Kevin Love. The Cleveland Cavaliers 
uh, trying to win a championship. Kevin Love is out injured, and he is leaking to the media that he's going to look around this summer at the Celtics, the Lakers, and the Rockets. That's coming from the player to Adrian Wojnarowski of Yahoo Sports. Here's Adrian Wojnarowski, Yahoo Sports. says, quote, I think he's going to look around. I think he's going to look closely at Boston. I think he'll look at L.A. I'm sure the Texas teams are going to try to get involved. If you remember, he really liked Kevin McHale in Minnesota. Would he fit potentially in Houston? It seems like every summer they have the ability to go out and create a max slot, and they do this summer again. They know they have the option to do that. I think he'll be in play. He could stay where he is, but there's no question he's going to look long and hard at what his options are. Now, you read that entire quote from Adrian Wojnarowski, and you say, well, this is just his opinion. Until you read that last line. Until I read the last line, where he says, I think he'll be in play. He could stay where he is, but there's no question he's going to look long and hard at what his options are. That's not Adrian Wojnarowski just coming up with an opinion. That's an informed opinion. You know, he's not just throwing shit against the wall there. That's an informed opinion. This is a guy that has all the scoops and all the sources and all the info in the league he needs to create the most informed opinion out of anybody that covers the National Basketball Association. By the way, when's the last time you heard it called that? Right? We always say the National Football League, the National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association. Which one of those four sticks out to not sound right? We, I guess they call it the association. Oh, well, out of everybody in the association, the association, can I get a language of origin, please, with that? Association. A-S-S. Association. Okay. Anyways, you know what I mean. In the National Basketball Association, I can't even say that without just sounding fucking stupid. So, we'll say the NBA. In all the NBA, Adrian Wojnarowski has the most sources. This is an informed opinion, which tells me that he's not throwing shit against the wall. Kevin Love is leaking this. Kevin Love is leaking to Woj that he's going to look elsewhere. Now, we know he can opt out, right? We know he can opt out. And I'm telling you this. He's gone. And when Kevin Love leaves... LeBron James is going to tweet, and this is what he should tweet. This is what LeBron James should tweet. Ready? I'm, I come up, LeBron, I hope you're listening, pal. Because I, I don't usually have LeBron's back with, like, you know, s- saying stuff on social media uh, and, and the way he's answered questions about the coach this year. But lately I've had his back because lately I, I'm starting to see, and I've started, I started to see this maybe a month ago. I started to see exactly maybe what he is dealing with behind the scenes and that he's dealing with a sensitive clown in Kevin Love, one. And two, he is dealing with a coach that obviously is not too bright because of that game in Chicago. Yes, I, that, because of that game in Chicago. If David Blatt had it his way, the Cleveland Cavaliers twice would have been eliminated in that game. One, the stupid timeout that would have got them teed up because they didn't have any timeouts late in that game against the Bulls. Two, uh, after Tyron Lue, uh, you know, spear-tackled 
his coach before the refs could see the timeout. After that happened, David Blatt was trying to draw up a play with 1.5 seconds left in which LeBron was inbounding the ball. Come on. LeBron changed the play, and he should have. It was the right thing to do. You say, well, it wasn't the right thing to do, call out his coach after. Maybe you're right, okay. But I think there's just some pent-up frustration here from LeBron James that's like, I've had enough. I've had enough. So when David Black gets fired, uh, the night they win the championship this year, while his suit is soaked in champagne, um, and then when Kevin Love opts out and decides to leave town, because he's leaking it during the finals, which is just, just Kevin Love, just shut the fuck up, please. Right? Kevin Love leaves. Here's the tweet LeBron should send out. Can't fit the fuck in? Then fit the fuck out somewhere else. <laughs> Can't fit the fuck in in Cleveland? Fit the fuck out somewhere else. And don't let the door kick you on the ass on the way out. Don't let it kick you in the ass on the way out. Okay? That... And by the way, the Larry O'Brien trophy, you don't get to lift it. You don't get to lift it. So Well, he can with his shoulder. Oh, right? Yeah, right, yeah. he can. He has to lift it with one hand. With one hand. Um, wow. Kevin Love, good riddance. If I'm Cleveland, I'd say, see you later. What do you, if I'm Kevin Love, why wouldn't you want to keep playing with LeBron? You're under contract, you fool. Go win a championship. Be a part of a championship. Isn't that what LeBron's tweet trying to say? And here you are, the team's winning the championship. Yeah, you're injured, but you're leaking out info that you're going to opt out. This is an informed opinion from Wojnowski. This isn't him just, like, throwing shit against the wall. So, Kevin Love, if I'm Cleveland, I'd say, see you later. See you later. And that's my tweet I would, I would send to Kevin Love. Now they're saying, oh, the Celtics. I already told you how I feel. Please stay away. Danny Ainge, please stay away from Kevin Love. His mindset, I, I just, I'm not questioning his on-court talent. I just don't, I, I just don't like, I don't like his personality. He's sensitive. I don't like his mindset. I don't want to see him here. I don't. There's other plays you can go get. Go make the other things happen, please. But NBA Finals are right now, I can't wait for them to start. Uh, they start next Thursday. I do think the Cavaliers will win it. I do. I don't think LeBron can be stopped. If he, if, if LeBron... Doesn't if he doesn't want to be stopped, he can't be stopped. He can't. So that's the NBA update. All right, wrapping up the week, I guess. What what do we got in NFL? We got the Flake Eight update. We really got nothing. Tom Brady's going to talk tonight. Excuse me. People want Tom Brady to talk tonight at a charity event. He will not talk tonight, and he shouldn't talk tonight. Now they said he's the. It's been reported he's not going to do any Q&A with the media during his Best Buddies charity event, and I agree, he shouldn't. But you know as he's walking by, you'll get some questions, right? Here comes Tom, oh, here comes Tom Brady, and the media will, they'll, they'll pick up, everyone will pick up the camera, everyone will get their recorder, they'll walk towards, you know, Tom Brady, you'll be like, you'll, you'll hear, Tom! 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 Tom, did you cheat? Tom, you got a reaction to the Wells report? Tom! Tom! Over here, Tom! Hey! Tom, can you can you comment on the four-game suspension? No? Tom! Tom hey! Tommy boy! Tom, can you talk to us for a second about the flight gate? That's gonna happen! 
And he's going to smile up. He's going to be like, thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for coming, guys. And that's all that should happen. But I just, that's what's going to happen tonight. So if you plan on going to the event um, and you see the media there, you know, that's what they're going to do. So I don't, but Tom Brady's not going to talk. He shouldn't talk about it. I already gave you the reasons why all week. So um, here, here's what people should do. They should go interview Tim Tebow because that's what people are doing still. I've turned on ESPN today. I, I think it was like 10 minutes in. I think they went from spelling bee to a baseball highlight to Tim Tebow, who's like the eighth-string quarterback in Philly. But they are huddled around him, and we still care what he says. When I say we, I mean they, not me. I don't. But that's stuff that's going on in the National Football League. OTAs, eh, I'm not an don't. I don't have to go cover OTAs anymore, so I won't do it here. Pete, you got anything this weekend? Anything going on? Anything crazy? No, no, I got nothing. Nothing? I'd like to hit the course this weekend. Yeah. I went golfing uh, it's three, gonna rain three Sunday. times last weekend. You did? Yeah, you went yeah. golfing three times. Were you hurting after? I was. I actually played like shit on the last day. So I, I haven't been golfing in a couple weeks. Uh, I'd like to get out. I got to work tomorrow, though. You can hear me on WEI, 3 o'clock, I think 3 to 6.30. I'm sure that if anything happens tonight with comments from Brady, we'll have to talk about it tomorrow. Uh, but I'd like to do some more Red Sox stuff tomorrow in WEI, so if you do call in, hopefully you can uh, – you can lead off with that and any off-season stuff that happens with Bruins and Celtics. We'll get to that tomorrow as well. Um, and if the National Spelling Bee gets any new words, I'll be the first person to let you know what those words are. Uh, though they probably won't release them because then, obviously, these kids will have a full year to learn how to spell them. Right? Though, I mean, they have to study something. I'd like to... I'd li- I need a feature story. On the preparation for the spelling bee. We need a 24-7 on the spelling bee. Yeah, we do. Preparation. How about a 363? There you go. On the spelling bee. If you don't know what 363 is, it's a street hockey movie. You can get it on YouTube. 363, Road to the Salty, three on three. And don't take it all so seriously, please. Here five days a week, dannypicard.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, listen on the TuneIn app, you name it. Uh, we were, we had this Monday off, took the holiday. I'll be back here at the Beantown Athletic Studio next Monday. And again, as I mentioned, tomorrow on WEEI 93.7 FM here in Boston. You can also listen on their app and on WEEI.com. But this show, five days a week, DannyPicard.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you Monday.